0: August 28th. My name is Justin Hurd. My name is Nathan Steinman. Skyler Deal. Skyler Returnings. Oh, holy shit. We're back. Um, well, something like that at least. <laughs> Tag in, team back again. In an entire uh, okay, what? Ah, space jam. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and three, this is our third
1: environment to record the podcast. Something
0: like that. Yeah, well, I'm in a new house. I've moved out of my apartment. so um, There are probably new sounds that. Squeak oh, yeah. into the audio of the cast. Oh yeah, Ooh. along with the squeaky table. You're welcome.
1: Maybe we should stop leaning on it. Nah. Um, <laughs>
0: so, we've, uh, it's been a while. We've obviously watched way too much stuff for, and experienced way too much stuff for us to have a commentary about it. So, uh, we're going to focus on the latest two big releases. Um,
1: that were quite controversial. Yeah, their- yeah. Um, <sighs> yeah, controversy. Controversy.
0: So, first up is going to be Suicide Squad, followed with by, our th- which I have not seen, but Nathan and Skylar have, and then we're going to follow that up with Ghostbusters discussion.
1: Full spoiler cast for the Ghostbusters.
0: I, I figure it's going to be a full spoiler cast for Suicide Squad. I, I know, but I mean, I, as far as like all three I'm, of us. I'm going to, I'm, gonna, save I'm, I'm, I'm your money, so folks. good to take that onto my face, <laughs> neck and chest. So. <laughs> all over? All over my rub it face, naked chest. Rub it in. <laughs> Yes. So, uh, what would you guys think of Suicide Squad?
2: D plus, D plus, D plus, which so, is the same score I gave Batman vs Superman. Uh, I felt like
1: this was a better movie than Batman vs Superman. Yeah, I enjoyed it more. Like I would probably say a C plus That's more fair. in my opinion. That's fair. But that was just because. Some of the thing some of the concepts were really interesting that they were playing uh-huh. around with. Specifically, and some of the stuff really worked. Some of the performances really worked, especially Will Smith, Will Smith and Margot was, Robbie.
2: He's a good actor. You know. I mean, well, it's. He can work.
1: He can do it. I think the biggest problem for me is just like. <clears throat> I I hated the fact that they already turned Deadshot to a hero. He wasn't an anti hero mm-hmm. at all in this movie. That was probably one of my biggest frustrations, but as far as like a movie, I would say that this, it's more coherent than Batman v Superman was in its original kind of version, the theatrical version. Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued to see if they are going to do a director's cut version.
2: I would think they would, definitely. Just to sell more DVDs,
1: Mm -hmm. if anything else. Mm-hmm. And just the backlash—like so many people want to see Jared, what Jared Leto did.
2: I want to see more Jared Leto. Yeah, I didn't get enough of Jared Leto's performance in the movie to really get a good grasp on his Joker because,
1: I mean, he, and he's completely irrelevant to the plot in yeah. so many ways.
2: Yeah. I thought he would show up at the very end. To be honest, so
1: I thought the whole thing was going to be the constant back and forth between Joker and Harley Quinn. Kind of like a. A like, big
2: force that they just kind of meet up all the time. They, yeah, they of, keep
1: running into each other, and it keeps affecting, cool, affecting the story. Yeah, that was kind of like what I was kind of <laughs> thinking that uh, specifically this movie was going to be. But it was just it became more about somehow Deadshot and Harlequin becoming friends mm-hmm. through J- the wait, course wait of this a minute. movie. Your, your
0: two most bankable stars that were previously in a and, movie together in a drama. Yeah, about them forming a relationship. Th-
1: that that was the focus of it. <laughs> oh, focus! The focus of it. <laughs> the focus. The puns are strong Gosh. with this one.
2: <laughs> Here's why I gave it a D plus. The same as Batman, I was angry watching Batman. I, I I just cannot stand it. This one, I got through it with chuckles. But what I could not stand <laughs> about Suicide Squad is so the 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 fact that the studio just messed with it so bad, I could just see so many. It's like two films just kind of crammed into one. It's, two it's like five movies crammed That's into one.
1: That, it's not two. Like I think that I've heard that a lot in a lot of yeah, internet reviews. It, it, it's like two different movies. No, it's like five different it, movies. It, the
2: tones, tonal shifts, the editing. My gosh.
1: This should have been where they did the R-rated one. If they were going I I don't think they were ever going to do it. David Ayer has said like that was never the intention was to make an R rated film. That was never the intention. I kinda thought it might have been just I didn't know. I feel like that all the rumors of that started after Deadpool came out. All of the rumors. I was
2: thinking it would be R based off of that Comic Con trailer that leaked. Yeah, cuz it was such a dark and depressing kind of trailer. Uh, I uh, thought uh, it, and, and <laughs> the then I after am, that is yeah. when they did the uh which well, one is it? Queen. It yeah, the well, big the, there's
1: one before the blitz the Blitzkrieg. Like it's the actual first official teaser. Well, that,
0: the, 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 they did the first one, then they did Bohemian. I met the one I thought that and then they did Blitzkrieg Bob. The one yeah, from yeah, last yeah, year's Comic-Con right. that leaked that. Yeah, I am mad about.
2: That I'm, one was I'm dark. I'm not going to kill you.
0: I'm just going to hurt you. Really, really bad. I, I actually really, I, as, I, as the person who hasn't seen it, I do really, the one thing I do like about it is the way that Jared Leto smiles in it. Like, there's something about the way, like, even just that brief glimpse of him with Harley, like that weird smile he does, like, there's something I like about that. I just hate the character design
1: on it. It's just too, it, it's designed by committee see him for me like literally and i've said this you can go back and check podcasts right. literally yeah. since the first i saw it i was like oh little wayne yeah <laughs> yeah. they're doing little wayne it's they're like literally a... taking little wayne like i heard the did did any of y'all hear yeah. the deantlered controversy oh yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 that she's like you stole our style i'm like you stole your style from Afri- from people in <laughs> fucking America. What the fuck are you talking about, so, you Lindy? So the one, but the one they're awesome. All... <laughs> I know. I, like, I love yeah, them. Weird. It's just like, funny cause, cause, yeah, it's funny.
0: I guess my my question is um I saw, you know, YouTube all the people dissecting everything on there. You know, there's the recent thing of that the Joker is there's three different Jokers in um the dc comics yeah yeah, yeah. and people were kind of looking at okay so let's mm-hmm. the three different jokers are you know um the, the gangster yeah we have the gangster we have the psychopath the, and then and we the have trickster. the clown yeah. you know so we this have the definitely six the gangster we have Joker. the 66 we have the jack nicholson and then we have um the heath ledger heath ledger and there was a video that was dis- dissecting which one of these is it a remake of? And they said, This is Jack Nicholson. This is his version
1: of Jack Nicholson. Do you guys agree? Uh, I would agree that it's much more in line with Nicholson. I feel like he was much more trying to go with. Uh, so, watching the film. So, the movie has. Is very. Uh, you haven't seen it, but the biggest thing is the jarring editing of flashbacks and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. the movie that I felt like if they were going to do this with it, if they were going to recut it in this very scattershot way, and you want the Joker to be important, he's gotta be it's gotta be like Goodfellas, Where there is no redeemable aspect to this character, but you use the flashbacks intermittent throughout, but then that would also mean that he's being chased by the Suicide Squad. He would be the plot device as opposed right. to the Enchantress. Yeah, um the thing I heard was And then that you don't get the big laser in the sky that's got to be in every superhero <laughs> so movie. Was he right, right? kind of like the Red Thanks Herring Avengers.
2: You think he's like the red herring of it at least from the promotional oh, material. Jesus, he
1: wasn't even the red herring. He was literally He didn't even he wasn't even a cameo. Well, I I I heard he was, Is he like he, it was like the super shredder of the movie <laughs> where you see him for like a yeah. minute.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I I heard that it, he was more the the Relationship between him and Harley was actually more romantic than any other portrayal has ever been. And
1: Kevin Smith said, like Paul Dini like came up to him, like they were both at the premiere, and Paul Dini came up to him and crying, like I didn't even know you. I like he was so fascinated with because I mean it's the guy who co-created the character, right, right. And he never thought that the relationship could ever be romantic, and here they created this dark Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, Sid and Nancy Kind of story But like It's not the backbone Of the movie Right It's an afterthought Well I mean
2: He was kind of An abusive Yeah Which is
1: much more That Bonnie and Clyde uh, Yeah that Bonnie and Clyde slash uh, Sid and Nancy, especially Sid and Nancy, very well, much that Sid vision. Well, and
0: a couple other. I mean, the whole thing with the Joker with Harley is always like she's fascinated by him. He could give a fuck less. I mean, like in the DC Universe opening video, like he they get up on top of a, the two of them get up on top of a tower like fire a rocket launcher or something like that. And she dies, and he basically, like, she dies protecting him from the blast, and he just pushes her body off and goes on. Just not, doesn't even look back, just like, ah, what the fuck? It moves on. (laughs) Um, I just watched the Under the Red Hood, you know, that version of his history from um, Arkham Origins. And the thing that I thought was interesting is that they're showing kind of what his history was during his interview with Harley and he's talking in such vagaries that she thinks that he's talking about her but in reality he's talking about having just met batman
1: yeah and see the scene is literally over you yeah. don't even get a scene you get a couple lines of dialogue like, and mm-hmm. moves on couple lines of dialogue moves on like it couldn't figure out what movie it wanted to tell like well, it, I mean, Lido said that he had an entire movies' worth of scenes. Well, he said they did a lot of experimentation on set. Some of those shots and stuff I'm like, "Okay, this is oh, there's a really good movie in here." There's at least of all the stuff they shot, there's a really, really probably a really good movie in there. I mean, it's it it's just it's just sad that they're fire the editor. Oh, no, no, no. Here's the thing. <laughs> you there is a listed editor in the credits. In the credits, in the, in the scrolling credits, there are seven editors listed. Seven. Okay, so seven. Now we know which. How. Which tells you that that because the trailer house got they the were story, hired to do a version, according to right. Hollywood Reporter, is mm-hmm. that an executive hired the trailer house that cut the Blitzkrieg? Uh, Bob. No, it's not Blitzkrieg Bob. It's a ball. ball Ballroom blitz. Ballroom blitz. Ballroom blitz. Ballroom right, and again, blitz. That's it ballroom blitz who cut that they hired that trailer house to recut the movie in the in the style of the trailer right this is after the original version of after, the yeah, after yeah after because it was the version. simultaneously it was simultaneously happening it was recut they were shown to test audiences the one with that the trailer house put together was more well received so the movie that, that we saw is a blend between david ayers original film and this trailer house edited version,
0: I mean that's kind of like hearing about Batman v Superman, where the extended cut is the one that they showed they got the standing ovation, mm-hmm. the one that every reviewer I've seen has said, you know it's still a flawed movie, but it's so much better than it was well, it
1: clears up so many of the plot holes and it so flows many of- better, you know
2: now that I'm really kind of thinking about I've been thinking about this in my head since I saw it wanting us to do this podcast. I'm glad I'm here. Um, Batman vs. Super, Batman, Batman Superman doesn't really have so much shoddy editing as Suicide Squad. I actually kind of think it was filmed okay, but it was just kind of boring.
1: Well, the problem is the, boring. Se- the sequence of events <laughs> yeah. don't make any sense in Batman vs. They,
0: they cut out all the stuff that glued it together. Yeah. And All the ins- embeds. Instead you had All of to- the Embeds, you just get payoffs. Instead you had to have me <laughs> sitting here on on that podcast going, This is what Lex's motivation was. Hey, was I right? You Suicide know,
2: Squad so- is just a collage of everything.
1: Which is I will say, what was really interesting to me as a person who's been recently very much studying screenwriting and, and studying the structures and stuff of what you have what you have to write a screenplay like in order to get it sold. You know what you have to do. the the beats that you have to hit, the functions. This movie completely violates screenplay structure. There is no three acts. There is literally, there are anywhere between. You can either call it two acts, or you can call it like four. Uh, th- my question on that is, is that it... because it violates all the beats? There's no midpoint. There's no midpoint. But is that the editing? I I think it's the reshoots. Okay. It's the reshoots combined with Can the editing.
2: Can you think of the reshoots in the film? Can you? Do you think you could notice them when you were watching it? I'm
1: Not right as much it. as speaking. I did finally watch Fantastic Four, uh, a fan four stick. Uh, that movie The reshoots are kind of obvious. Uh, the like reshoots that, right? are so obvious it's like a fucking trauma picture. <laughs> it's like a fucking $180 million trauma picture. You're like, what the fuck? You can't get a better wig? <laughs> you can't match the wig to her hair color. the have a watermelon getting stepped on for heads. <laughs> it's just like that would have at least been like, oh, they get that it's completely worthless. <laughs> See, I, I love like trauma movies. I That's was incredibly frustrated by that. No, no, I will agree with you. The first act is amazing. There's right. an amazing Fantastic Four film. Yeah, in that first act, nothing in that first act pays off. It doesn't. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Well,
0: and just real quick with the Fantastic Four thing, I thought that their doom, at least, for whenever he comes out. Oh, yeah, the look of doom was...
1: Uh, actually, uh, it's very much the cosmic doom. It's the doom after he already has the 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 Silver Surfer's powers or whatever, and then right. like, having the scanner powers and blowing people's heads up. Right. I was looking there like, what the... Like
0: holy bloody hell! Yeah, like, like they just hit people's head, the back of people's heads blowing out. Yeah, like that was really
1: interesting. It may no the rest of the movie is yeah. a pile of garbage. I mean, it was it was the fly meets Iron Man three, meets Be- the end of the Avengers meets, uh, creepy spooky X Men movie. Yeah, I was like, gonna. There's, yeah. there's. I mean,
0: it's Akira again.
1: Well, yeah, but the problem is, is if it's going to
0: be Akira again, it, it, well, it's it's the midway point of Akira. It's not the yeah. end of Akira.
1: Well, but it's just like oh, when Tetsuo gets his powers, leaves whenever the whenever facility. he's
0: yeah, when he's leaving the facility, but I don't, that is what happens with, um, with Doom. Yeah,
1: but the thing cool is, is like movie. it is. I can you can tell like that you might have been that? a reference for Crank, for Trank, but what the the finished product is has no relation to any of the stuff he actually shot that first act is is a really good first act solid it's set up the characters make sense you understand the motivations that's you get I've heard a lot it's, it's, it. it's the it's the, the g- moment the moment that they go to planet zero yeah. and come back and then you get some brief flashes of like body horror stuff which was awesome and then the moment it, and then that's the break into act two and then the moment act two starts you start seeing reshoot footage. You start seeing wigs, hair, costumes, everything that like incongruent between scenes, between, sh- literally sometimes in the same scene, right. cutting back. <laughs> they will cut. There was one scene with Miles Teller. You see him. It's one scene. He has one haircut. The cut to the helicopters coming, come back. It's a completely different Miles Teller <laughs> with a completely different haircut. The costume's a little different. I'm like, how did that, how was that allowed? Yeah. That's like, this is, this is like film, it's it's literally one of those movies of like, they had to shove out a product, they'd already advertised a product, they had to shove it out, because if they didn't shove it out, someone was getting fired just for that, but what ended up happening is a bunch of people got fired, including the guy who's basically responsible for all of the bad shit that we hate about the X-Men movies.
0: Yeah, when now he's at Sony. Yeah, and cut and cut the immediately cut the Ghostbusters budget when he got there, which is a good thing. Um, but anyway,
1: <laughs> should have cut it a little bit, a yeah. little bit more.
0: So anyway, so Suicide Squad, the the one scene that everybody talks about being an obvious reshoot is the Harley Quinn in the elevator shot.
1: Yeah, that's is. one. Really? Yeah, uh, where she fights the guy.
2: Oh, what? where they jump in the elevator and yeah, goes, and then oh, like she gets up, okay. and she's that, like, "Hi, guys." That was a
1: reshoot well it's 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 a here and there i could just not tell cuz the editing and everything is well, so bad i think but i think the thing is is that the reshoots seemed I'm, i think i'm pretty sure the the finale was completely reshot
2: with the fight yeah like the the or final the, the fight. final fight with, oh, with, with enchantress, enchantress.
1: <laughs> uh and the thing is, is that the whole thing's out of order. Like, even for... Like, it was kind of like this interesting... Ex- if this had been an experimental film... <laughs> I probably would have been like, Man, this is really intriguing. Man, they're really playing with structure and form and character development. But like, okay, so they always talk about, in screenplay, you gotta set the stakes. When did you meet Slipknot? You At don't. the beginning of the second act... Yeah. He immediately dies in the next ten minutes. All
2: right, I got to, I got to mention something about Adam Beach. All right,
1: Victor, Victor, Victor. Um,
2: <laughs> sort of know the guy in a in a small way. I've met him several times through college and powwows and stuff. And uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. So the first thing you see him is a picture of him on that screen behind. What's your name, right? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. And then he shows up. And she, you hear her narration overdub, which I thought was a pretty obvious dubbing of her voice explaining who he is, which was like a one sentence, like, he's really good at escaping or climbing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: all she said. <laughs> like, he, he literally seemed like the most useless anything, person. Basically. I
2: kind of thought he would be the first one to die.
0: I uh, could see well, it. he's not in any of the shots after...
1: Other than the first promotional yeah. image that they put. He wasn't well, you, in, any you, I I in any of the trailers. Sh- he's not in any of the...
0: I thought you you saw him whenever they were offloading everybody.
1: That's well, sick. yeah, yeah. But the but the, in the very first promotional image that they put, where all of them are standing in a line that people were like, this is like really bad cosplay. Right, right. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, he's on the very end, which guys so, on the end usually get killed. First. It was... But here's the thing... The point of a movie where the characters can die, you have to be invested in the per- first person that dies, or there's no stakes.
2: You ever watch the Dirty Dozen? Yeah. You, 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 you feel for those characters, even though they're all prisoners. And, and they're and, all
1: literally have death sentences.
2: Uh-huh, and one after another, a lot of them die, to where there's only like a few of them left at the end of the
3: movie. Yeah. Man, that's a good movie, by
1: the way. Yeah. So, so <laughs> if you if you've never seen Dirty Dozen, and you were and you saw Suicide Squad, you should watch Dirty Dozen to see this movie done correctly in some ways. But what I thought was, so this is just my fan fiction after watching the film. What would have been more interesting to me is you go with instead of them putting the band together for the first time. They're putting the band back together. But now they're all at separate prisons. Rick Flagg has to take special forces and break out each individual member of the Suicide Squad so that they can go on a death mission. Hmm. Now, they get Harley Quinn. The Joker's already out. How you introduce Deadshot is he's a paid assassin to kill Harley Quinn By the Joker or by someone... Or to get at the Joker, basically. And then... Or he's got a contract to kill the Joker or something. And that's how that plays into the whole thing. And then you can have, like, oh, Amanda Waller's stuck in the... Stuck in the, like, super natural event happening that the Justice League would actually be the people to take care of. But let's not talk about that. Uh, Man, that's a whole other thing. um, But, uh... Would have been you have this like day of the jackal style storyline with deadshot where he's a full-on assassin and he only finds out that his daughter is in the city and that's the only reason he joins other than he's going to get paid he's still going to get his contract so the daughter thing which is in the comics that is a motivation it is a real thing in the books I if did check it in out. In
2: the movie, though, it's just him getting paid and getting promised to see his daughter, right? It's it's Yeah, it's him
1: getting right. pr- the promise yeah. of his daughter and then a year off his senten- life sentence. <laughs> or 10 oh. years off his life sentence. Did whatever. you
0: guys see um, Assault on Arkham? No. Mm-hmm. It is an animated feature, that is the Suicide Squad, where I believe, if I remember right, I, I wasn't a big fan of it either, but um, rated R... Or not rated whatever whichever which um, but it's them breaking into Arkham
1: Asylum to kill the Joker, which would have been a much better plot just because it turns into like so many movies have turned into the Avengers made a billion dollars guys, so every third act finale has to look and sound and feel like the Avengers,
2: well, you know, Adam from your movie sucks kind of said this movie. Look like it was just trying so
1: hard. It was trying to. And it was
2: trying so hard to be like
1: a Marvel movie, Guardians
2: or Avengers. It was trying
1: know. to be a Mar. It was trying to be a dark Marvel movie. Which I'm sorry, I've seen the Netflix series. You you ain't got nothing on the dark Marvel movie. <laughs> Daredevil is still darker than any Batman movie they've made so far, except oh, yeah. Batman v Superman. I I would. I mean. Dark Knight Returns. No, I'm talking about oh, m- live action oh, like
0: well I was gonna say with I mean with Daredevil okay. you s- I'd say it's even still darker than Bat v Subs just because you literally have people impaling themselves to yeah. t-
1: kill themselves to keep from you know to from being oh, violence, killed by the king, yeah, violence, yeah, yeah, and the Punisher, and I season see. I, two. I, I
0: haven't even finished. Just for some reason, I just cannot get into season two of Daredevil. I'm half. I'm like six episodes in, just I think, can't get into it. I think the thing is, is uh, the no, uh, Elektra just showed up. That's okay, what happened? No, uh, yeah.
1: her, her, her interpretation is interesting. Like well, Elektra, I mean, even even the Punisher, like the
0: whole thing there, just for some reason, it's just, just not working for me. Right. Right, I just. I,
1: I loved it, I thought it was so much s- sick and it gets it really is. and the stuff with uh with uh well Karen page gets really good, like she actually in some ways becomes the lead character in some episodes, okay. like her stuff gets so interesting
2: um kind of going off when you're talking about screenwriting, you know, I took a screenwriting class in college and we studied different films, and I remember one, and I had watched it so many times, and I remember us all dressing like it on prom. Was Reservoir Dogs, and that's a good case. That's a good study in film. I, I, I think it was all shot in sequence, but then Tarantino just moves scenes up and down all over, which makes it fascinating to watch. You know.
1: Have you read the screenplay? No. no. There's actually uh, at least like four or five scenes that are completely excised from the film that are in the screenplay. Really. Two of them were shot because you can find, I think they were on scenes right, right. on the special edition. Yeah, with but two the of them. Female like, agent or whatever. Well, and also the Bonnie story. Uh, or him talking
2: know? with his uh, chief, right? He's teaching him how to say a joke to, like, I remember that yeah, story, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which so, is interesting
1: all of those movie. are in the screenplay, plus a couple yeah. other, like, bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. And some of the characters say different things in that opening yeah. only diner scene. The screenplay sequence. we read was Juno. <laughs> interesting uh but uh that that out of order structure is in the screenplay okay like it's already embedded in like the way it's written i didn't know that i thought it was all shot in sequence and they just did that in editing he's already he already had that kind of it's chapters of a book well i mean and, and they still
0: could have shot it in sequence but he had yeah. the idea for the well in in, t- in forward in the right.
1: if you were if it were to be a linear narrative that's how they shot it right but that's what I'm saying then it was recut to fit the screenplay right, right 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 of course you
2: couldn't do something that interesting with this movie because people don't want to I mean, sit there and
1: think you, about you it they you want to watch do it. something that you interesting c- well, you c- well the thing is is they did they did something really interesting it's just the interesting that they did they cut out all the other stuff that might have like made the movie more interesting like and this movie's already two hours long and it could have easily been the 220 or 230 of a a Nolan picture it was
2: that long but it didn't feel that long to me watching it no
1: no it kind of dragged right before the third act really started like it started dragging because you're just like I know a lot of people like the bar
2: scene I did not like that part
1: in the movie I feel like the bar scene would have been better if it was longer
2: really? And actually add fucking weight to the narrative <laughs> there's a lot of little parts pieces, there's so
1: there's so little weight in the movie that that's just, the problem there's no stakes for most of the movie there's no stakes all of these are lead name actors and they didn't kill a single goddamn one of them
2: except for adam beach
1: <laughs> but that's the thing you killed one of a group called the suicide squad right right are right. you fucking kidding me if you would have killed any of the other members, you could have had like an Iron Man three kind of moment of that kind of twist of like, oh, they mean business. Well,
0: I mean that's I, I'd have the same complaint about um, Civil War. Yeah, is at the end of it, nobody dis- Nobody's dead. Yeah, that was the one person who you know got, you know, quasi paralyzed. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be perfectly fine by the next movie because of Tony, Tony T- Stark, Tony's
1: technology. Yeah. So like yeah, and they, someone should have died in Civil War,
2: on act, like at least an accidental death, right? Not intentional. Yeah, it I doesn't matter. None like, of them really wanted. They
1: just needed to be that level of stakes, not just but mindless. And if they had done
0: that, it would pro- properly set up the Infinity War. Yeah. But.
1: Well, and that's the other thing. That's the thing. That's
2: kind of- I think someone will die in Infinity oh,
1: well, War. I think oh, I, most of I them. I think died. I'm pretty sure almost the whole cast is going to well, die. It's,
0: <laughs> looking at it, there was some, I just watched a video. It said something like, uh, Robert Downey Jr. has only three movies left. Um, one of which
1: may or may not be Iron Man 4.
0: Right. Um, Chris Evans only has one left. Sebastian Stan has four. Um, Loki has three.
1: Scarlett Johansson has, is probably the same thing with.
0: Um, they did not say on that. She's probably only one or two. Yeah, but a lot of them are, like, right on the cusp of their contracts complete. Oh, um. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth has two.
1: After Ragnarok?
0: Um, not sure about that. So, you know, they're, they're right at the edge of that, and.
1: And they just signed Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. and Right, right, right. And it's like
0: 2018 when that might come around. She's going to be in Infinity War, guaranteed. Yeah, and I mean, then they're talking about after Infinity War with the next phase, they're going to be doing
1: um, Black Widow. So. Down. Well, and that's the other thing you're going to move into. Instead of Iron Man, him. Captain America, and Thor. the Thor, you're going to have... Doctor Strange, Black Panther, and Captain Marvel as your top three build, and Bucky as, and probably Bucky as Cap. Yep.
2: Oh yeah, I read Cap won't be Cap in whatever his next, or at least he well, won't be
1: wearing the, it. Well, they're talking. I mean, it's the Nomad storyline yeah. in yeah, the yeah, comics, nomad, but,
0: but even still, that even Bucky's just gone under ice again. So, <laughs> Suicide Squad. <laughs>
2: You know, um, Jared Leto's Joker, when he's um, doing, there's like a scene where uh, he's sitting in like a club and Harley Quinn's doing her like kind of like dance in the background and he's talking to uh, another gangster guy who looks like that rapper Common, but I'm not sure. It, it was it is? Common. Okay. Anyway, um, Jared Leto, he's kind of got like this blank look on his face and it, I swear it reminded me of... Al Pacino in Scarface, especially towards the very end of that movie, right when he's like, you know, dropping his whole entire face in a big pile of cocaine, and he just got that kind of blank, dead look on his face. I, I, I really thought the the whole gangster Joker thing was kind of coming through in that regard, but um, hearing all the stories about Jared Leto's method acting, how he was. Really getting into it, I just kind of felt like, what was the point? in all of that, I would be frustrated if I was
1: him. I've heard. I mean, him say he that literally he said, "Fuck it. them" at yeah. a fucking at a press appearance about, or was something. Was
2: that something taken out of context, or did they really think? No. Was that him really saying that about? There's them? like
1: there's audio. You can look him up with him with the microphone. Like, fuck him, which means maybe he's not in the next Batman movie. <laughs> well, I mean, that's
0: that's the thing is. I don't know. I did find it really just kind of a weird thing. Um, did you watch the latest Lessons from the Screenplay? Yes. With the Joker? Yeah. Really awesome look into it. But um, because of that, I've, I have a ton of Joker stuff popping up on my feed, including the uh, interview with, um, oh, what's this fuck, that um, Tom Waits oh. from the 70s. Yeah. That, Tom Waits I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like you know, God, this is awesome. the, this is this is what um, Heath Ledger got his Joker from, and I just I watched the entire well, which if you watch it, it a lot of the same mannerisms, a lot of things, but Tom Waits is blitzed out of his fucking mind, and it's oh, yeah. absolutely hilarious. I was busting up laughing he keeps the entire a, time. He,
1: he lights a cigarette backwards. <laughs> realizes he lit it backwards, <laughs> turns it around, lights it again. That, like, it's hilarious. And he well, keeps, he
0: keeps <laughs> leaning forward. And the guy's like, what, like what's, what's down there? Yeah. And
2: well, you know, when he did his last big tour, he came to Tulsa to Brady. I had some friends he went. They said a lot of his set was him just cracking jokes. And they actually released an album of him just doing his stage banter and not even playing music.
1: Well, I think part of the Glitter and Doom like live like album is, is kinda, just him. like. Was that it? Telling stories and stuff,
0: but but it was well. It, and like that's uh, the, the famous,
1: that. there's a famous Austin City Limits episode that is literally a blend of between like a beat poetry reading, a spoken word performance, a jazz like a jazz band performance, and like it, and a one man show.
2: Listen it's, to Tom Waits, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Swordfish
1: Trombones, but,
2: Rain Dogs, The Heart of Saturday Night, all, all the Island Islands. Years albums. But um, yeah, it, it was just yeah.
0: really. It was weird watching Tom Waits from that time going. I can completely see the Joker in here, but what Heath Ledger added to it was lucidity.
1: Well, and Sid Vicious, and that yeah, they're and, definitely Sid Vicious, and and if you now, I know it's kind of semi-controversial that the documentary crew met with his dad and his dad showed them the notebook and you see the pages you see like panels like he cut out panels from comics he made notes he there's a picture of of Sid Vicious there's a picture Alex. of Tom Waits there's a picture of Alex there's uh, from Clockwork Orange oh. so like there's a lot okay. of like elements like he was combining and uh, it was kinda of frustrating. I would listen to the, the after I watched it, I listened to the the quarter to three and I'm sorry. I'm very familiar with the Joker. And to me Jared Leto's performance was nothing like Heath Ledger's at all, other than there's definitely some completely crazy, and there and there is even a line in the movie where he's like, "I can't wait to show you my toys," right? Which no, is very much that's... an explicit reference to the Nicholson Joker. Well, that,
0: there's um, you know, there's that's in the
1: trailers. Yeah, just uh,
0: I can't wait to show you my toys. You know, just like and, and in that's the, the other thing is like weird, like he's oddly hands-on. That's kind and, of weird and all,
1: all of the scenes are like so short that you don't see like where that goes. Everything ends before it really goes where it needs to go. To show would. you like who this Joker is and why this Joker matters to this story.
2: Right. I remember when I first saw The Dark Knight sitting there in awe of Heath Ledger's Joker. It was kind of one of those moments watching a film where you're just kind of like, like... You didn't like know the guy mind, had it in him. Like your mind's getting oh, exactly. blown. Exactly, yeah. And you're like, That guy is dead right now, by the way. <laughs> well and see, and and, it's like I'm watching a ghost. Well, and
0: that that was the thing for me, and it, it also same thing. It happened both with Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. For me personally, I've had a lot of people go, No, and I think I've even mentioned it here on the podcast, that for me the scene where um they drag in his body where he's pretending to be dead and they unzip him, I kinda went Oh, fuck. Like, yeah, he's dead. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, <laughs> and then he gets up, and I'm like, okay, still, that's, like, weird to be reminded of at the time, because it was just so fresh. Oh, yeah. remember somebody mentioned that before it came out, too, kind of, like, in review, saying that's. Well, yeah, yeah i like, it's... It, it well, is, <laughs> Dark Knight Rises had the whole shoot-up at the, you know, the whole shooting, which happened with the, with the film, you know. No, okay, yeah, okay, okay. I Me and Christy saw that
2: Dark Dark Knight Rises.
1: What's really weird is watching the Imaginarium of Doctor Barnacules. The <laughs> yeah. fucking
2: movie he died while filming. We saw right? Dark Knight Rises and somebody pulled the fire alarm while we were watching it. And you, and, and that was before the movie started. It was during the trailers, and we heard gunshots on the screen. The screen went black, and people were this girl was crying, scared. We got a refund, but that was
1: that yeah that would have freaked me out an yeah.
2: experience i'll never forget
0: and then we saw the movie we just went to the like, man,
1: to the movie man. theater in Ada and had no problem um,
0: <laughs> no one's going to shoot up in Ada i, I mean that honestly with imaginarium that you
1: will probably get shot at walmart before you get shot at the movie theater
0: i i was really hoping imaginarium would be better than
1: it was cuz i you know you can tell that movie would have been really good if they hadn't had to have completely changed the narrative Right, where he, he changes in each reality. Yeah.
2: Oh, and that where it like, jumps like Johnny Depp and Well, like somebody else, right? Four of his
1: friends it. all came in. It's Colin Firth, or no, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell, yeah. Uh, Jude Law. Jude Law. Johnny, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. I thought there was a fourth. I think it's only the three of them. Maybe, maybe. I'm just thinking Heath has the fourth. Yeah. But each time she walks through the mirror, he becomes a different person. So they even had to reshoot a few of the scenes... That Heath had shot t- to make the narrative make sense, but the, the and the thing is, is the culminated final battle is with the Colin Farrell one, and I just watching right. his performance was just like this doesn't <laughs> feel like the rest of the movie in a lot of ways. You know? Right. The the thing
0: that was cool is that they um, donated or whatever their fees to his daughter. No. Since there wasn't anything that actually yeah. <laughs> was going to her, so. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so um, not glowing reviews for Suicide Squad. Uh,
1: how about Ghostbusters? Um, what do you think, Skylar? Let's start with you.
2: Uh, me and Chrissy liked it when we watched it. We laughed. Um, I could tell right away that this movie is right in the middle. It's not spellbindingly awesome, and it's not absolutely dreadful. It's just mediocre. I thought um, Kate McKinnon was funny, Leslie Jones was funny, um, Kirsten Wig, and I didn't care to see it again. And I already kind of forgot about it afterwards too. <laughs> Nothing really <laughs> stands out to me. Um, did you notice that I, I texted this to you? Right. When they hold their proton packs, the the, the, the gun it looks like a phallus. It looks like a big, it looks like a dick. It, it, I swear. <laughs> watch them hold it in the promotional <laughs> picture. They're holding it like right there. It, I thought I don't know if that was a geniusly like inside joke that they just put that probably.
1: In. I mean, they're all four <laughs> female comedians. I'm pretty. Sure I kind of thought was. that was funny. You know, I thought that was pretty. Clever, it would have been right? funnier if it would have been like, hey, if Kate McKinnon had the line that was like, hey. Look how look how strong I look right now. <laughs> <laughs> Versus just like it. some sort of like sexually big it is. <laughs> yeah, because she had all the most of the innuendo jokes. Oh yeah, so it would have made sense within the context well, of her that, character. From
0: what I heard, is um, she was supposed to be a lesbian, which you obviously get the inference of, but they cut had to cut that out. She was almost
2: too screwball sometimes.
0: She was. Um, so Nathan, what did you think?
1: Let's go with your opinion first.
0: <laughs> uh, I'd give it a solid seven. Um, solid seven. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I think that there was a lot more reading into the movie than it warranted. Like um, the whole thing. Overanalyzed with, before yeah, it even came out. Well, and even once it came out, because the first thing I hear is, man, there's this really big dig towards men near the end, and it's man. literally that they shot the the ghost in and the its, dick. And its dick. The guys yeah. probably
2: would have done that, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, they were just like, "Oh, is that what you were it thinking? Yeah, that's B- what I was
1: thinking. Bill Murray would have been like, I oh, just shot him in the dung. Junk. I don't know why. He just <laughs> did. Yeah,
0: it, it was there. Um, you know, <laughs> is Dingle's hanging. <laughs> or is some bad, but, uh, cheesy line for PG. So for me, I liked it. Um, I was kind of surprised at how raunchy the humor got at some points. You know, with the, what if I told you that came from the front? Um, but I really liked Kate McKinnon, even though she was not a human being.
1: <laughs> like you thought she wasn't going to be.
0: Right. She, I, I would she say. She did a lot of those
1: reaction faces to I, everything going that, on. That I
0: thought was going to happen. She had more lines than I thought she would. I will get give her, give them that. Um, Is I, that, if, if I have to say, I would say that she's, um. She's the one that's probably going to break out from this movie. Oh, yeah, but she was like Egon and
1: Vankman had a love child. Yeah. She can. was
2: the most SNL-ish she, out of all She should people.
1: have been the Vankman, realistically, and not and not Wig. Yeah. As far as this type kinda, of I character. I thought she was the she, um, she, she was, was the very Egon. clearly the Egon. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Like oh, in the hairstyle oh, of Gadgets. All my that bad. Stuff. I'm yep. getting them totally backwards. Kristen Wiig was totally the Vankman, which is why she's totally macking on Chris Hemsworth the whole uh, time.
0: Oh, yeah. okay. Right. Because that's supposed
1: to be the reversal of the from the previous movie um, that we're not referencing at all in this movie that we reference every chance we can possibly get. Right.
0: Chris Hemsworth and Kate McKinnon were the best things of this movie. Um, I And I do not get where people are pissed off that... Chris Hemsworth is the dumb blonde because he gets to have his cake and eat it too. He gets to be the complete idiot. Did
1: no one see the SNL thing he did where he made fun of himself?
0: Right, but but what I'm saying is is that a lot of people were complaining, you know, or at least I saw a lot of women who were posting stuff like, "Oh, how do you how does it feel to have your person completely sexualized?" And I'm like, "Yes," but he got to play the complete screwball idiot, and he also got to play the genius who can lift everything and is super awesome at everything he does
1: once yeah. he's possessed. Yeah.
2: Hasn't he already always been like the sexy male kind of
0: guy in
1: Marvel
2: and the, movies?
0: He's and the pretty much the eye candy. Of,
1: he's the, he's the um,
0: eye candy, but he's also the screwball guy. My mother.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My 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 wife likes Thor.
1: He has really good timing. He does. He's and, probably <laughs> he has one of the most natural comedic timings of, of that type of actor. Christine right. Thor. You know.
2: I bought her a Thor doll once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude, oh uh, so from what I've heard, Ragnarok is totally going to be a comedy. That's like a I'm buddy, cool that. I'm a, cool buddy that. a sci-fi buddy comedy in space.
0: Um, so between those two, I really liked it. As I said, I think it was just kind of, it was overanalyzed with all the... Oh yeah, the hype <laughs> was
1: completely unnecessary.
0: Right, and that's why I went into it and said... As soon as I got out of it, went go see it. it I think it was worth seeing. It's because you telling me that that I went and saw it, right? Um, and you guys know I was one
1: of the biggest detractors from it going yeah. into it, just going like, <sighs> and I was the one. I was the one who said he's had the bad trailer to good movie report before, right? You know? Right? Like especially Spy, special. Really, the Heat. The Heat was so much funnier than it ever should have been. You know, like. <laughs> Going into the concept, like it should right. not have been as funny as it really was. It really wrote on the on the, the comedic brilliance of Melissa McCarthy.
0: Right. And um the last thing I'll say is that my favorite cameo um was Dan Aykroyd's and for me it feels like that is the one nod to the the full complete nod to that the first one did happen and everybody's just forgotten about it because I love that he's like oh it's just a class 4 apparition you know class 5 class 5 apparition i don't want to go down t- i don't want to go down that way and i am afraid of no ghost and i'm like okay like yeah totally that is the nod that that is a nod to every that is ray just older yeah everybody else is probably dead you know but
2: <laughs> what do you think of bill murray like you think he that was totally I'm there for the check and to make y'all leave me alone kind of thing? I
1: if it had only been for the check, he wouldn't even have been in more than one scene. Right. That's what Bill Murray probably I just, would have been like, I'll show up, I'll die. That's it. Yeah, he, he should he,
0: he to me they were not ghost but they were ghost killers. Yeah. Um I want to I want to hear what your opinion is on there and then I want to kind of mention a point that I've kind of noticed with it especially from the lessons from the screenplay. So
1: <laughs> this movie was insufferable to me. <laughs> um there were no characters in the movie. Everyone was even more flat and one-dimensional than they normally are in movies like this. Right. Everyone was a caricature of a caricature. Kate McKinnon was the worst. She was the worst of it. Leslie Jones was a character. All of them, every single character. The villain was a caricature of the fat, nerdy genius who thinks he knows everything, but he actually stole all his knowledge. There's the. the, It's all caricatures of caricatures of caricatures of caricatures, and it was really, really. There was no story value. There were no. There was no turn. There was no. This movie felt like they improvised every scene, had no idea how to cut it, had no idea there were literally there were shots that violated the hundred and eighty degree line in a way that just like was like they're, they're not even looking at each other why are we look why 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 are we look just do a lot just, just do uh are they not there? Are these actresses can't even be in the same room together? Is that the problem? Well, but, I mean, then that, that, the, but then you see the but you see the thing where they're dancing, they're having a good time. and I'm like, okay, this is a different movie. Oh no, there's another reference. Oh, there's another reference. Right. It became it was, like Batman v Superman of like if you if I see one more goddamn Ghostbusters reference, I'm gonna fucking scream. And you got one after the credits. I know. Um, so so that, that's the most like did,
2: heavy-handed pandering thing in the whole movie here's the one here's the one thing
1: I loved the way the ghosts looked Mm, I I hate you you wanna (laughs) wanna know why because it looks like a lot of horror movies right now it does It it, very clearly
0: that was the one thing I figured you would like is that it does you were worried about this that
1: it does clearly reference the arts horror movies it's very much in the style of a lot of 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 current kind of if there's supernatural horror, it's current supernatural horror is what they're kind of making fun of. Right, well, it's like the, all the the mirrors that had all the hands the,
0: pressing yeah. on I was like, okay. Yeah, well, I and the see. way
1: they burst out and the way you have all these different like, historical characters and stuff. Hmm.
0: I really like the... Well, I guess my question is, is there a scene that you really
1: liked? Uh, Any. Where the first time that they're playing with the gadgets... And none of them work the way she says they're supposed to. I actually genuinely laughed.
0: See, I, I really, I did, lo- I did kind. of I didn't like how slapstick that was, but I did like the. Well, what what do you think? Is she not bending her knees enough?
1: While she's like flying through the air, it was a great joke. It was. It was actually funny. Right. It wasn't joke. Undercut the joke. Undercut the joke again repeat right. the joke undercut the joke like oh my god you just said the joke like good well i mean ah. that, that was the stuff with like chris hemsworth that i did
0: enjoy like the whole uh, i and he was you, he had, you, had some really if, funny moments. Kevin, could you answer the phone um it's in it's the a, tank yeah. no no the one next to you click <laughs> 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 did did they hang up on you no i just wasn't about that
1: conversation yeah <laughs> i'm like was... okay
0: cool yeah i you know what
1: that was actually and that's probably the one that stood out to me of him. Yeah. Uh this is one of those movies that if the Sony hack had not happened, if the Sony hack had not happened, no one would have flipped out. It's no all one. the it's the all all the Ivan Reitman stuff. But because the Sony hack happened and everyone found out Ivan Reitman had been literally trying to make this movie for the last 15 years, was totally fine with a new cast. Was totally fine with it having no bearing in relationship, or uh, other than yes, Ghostbusters did happen. But it's like it's thirty years later. It's a reboot. Yeah, it's a
2: reboot,
0: not a remake,
2: or not whatever. a
1: reboot, yeah. requel, makequel. Um, I,
0: I, I do have to say the one thing. One thing I did Soft like reboot. the the one. Jo- there were a couple things that I did like, joke wise, of them referencing all the shit that's happened to them. Where, like, don't read the comments. You never read the comments. And then her getting pissed off. No, no, no. Okay, we're going to move over here. The other thing I liked is scientists and Patty. Thank you very much. Like, I did like that.
1: I think the other thing that's frustrating to me is, okay, I've spent years watching Mythbusters, Neil deGrasse Tyson interviews. There's a lot of female scientists that deserve a lot of, uh, I was just listening to an interview with Summer Ash on the Nervous podcast. And, like, these characters did not act like scientists. They told us over and over and okay. over again People say that, a lot about this. that they were scientists. Kind of like how in Suicide Squad they told us over and over and over again that they're the villains. When they're very clearly the heroes of this right. picture. Right. And I just was like, just be scientists.
2: You know, I'm trying like to think about the parts that stood out to me and what made me laugh. I realize now it's the, it all kind of Paul Feig kind of comes from that whole Judd Apatow, Judd Apatow school. Of well, movie. he and they Apatow kind of friends. came up together. I mean, they all right. helped Ben Stiller make that movie, Heavyweights, and they're all friends, you know. Yeah. And they're like all in that movie They together. all They all
1: made the Ben Stiller show together. Um,
2: God, that was a funny show, by the way. Yeah. Um, the parts that made me laugh were the actual Paul Feig comedy stuff that I've seen him doing like Spy and Bridesmaids and stuff whereas everything else doesn't feel like a Paul Feig movie it kind of feels like a well I guess this is what people said Paul Feig didn't do an original thing he's doing like a a franchise film everything else he's done could be a franchise film but they're all kind of like his own kind of thing well well, well
1: they're they're parodies of franchises and
2: this right. feels like they're trying to start a, a franchise
1: a, a with a parody
0: a weird parody of a right. franchise Well, something. see, uh, yeah. the the thing for me is that it is definitely, there's references upon references upon references. For me, they made the wrong references, though. Yeah. Like, for me, like, the biggest thing, the piano. When the piano plays the Ghostbusters theme and slides across the room, what it should have been, if you're going for the correct one, is the da 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 that Bankman plays because the
1: ghosts hate that. Or, or, you do the da 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 you don't do the... You don't do... not do dun, dun 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 You just go... da 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 Yeah. Because it wouldn't... It would only catch the fans. Right. But then other people would be like, oh, that's a really funny noise. You know?
2: Right. So it's like a parody of a movie that already was a parody of <laughs> ghosts. It's, I mean- it's a
1: parody of a satire of, of Supernatural 70s horror films. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's a par. It, instead of being a reboot, remake, resequel, whatever that they wanted to do, it became it becomes a parody, and instead of there being individual like, if you want to go with like the the thing from After Hours where they talk about like the four humors, like the fact that like all four of the Ninja Turtles meet the four humors, and in a way sometimes the Gar- the Ghostbusters characters fit the kind of ones kind of. One's kind of horny. One's kind of angry. One's really intellectual. One's, you know, it's just, you have all these distinct character traits. The thing that was frustrating about this movie is no one other than to be a reversal of something from a movie that you had to watch before you watch this movie to get that it was a reversal, it didn't make any sense. Right.
0: So, so one thing that Lessons from the Screenplay did whenever they talked about Ghostbusters is they talked about how you look at what the script's intention is. For the original Ghostbusters, it was originally supposed to be a franchise movie. Then they made it into a going into business story. This is not a going into business story. This is a learning your tools story.
1: And go from trapping a ghost in one scene to murdering ghosts for the entire third act.
0: Right. Well, and trapping a ghost in one
1: scene and then letting it out. And, and then creating a containment unit in the post-credits scene. Lessons from the screenplay YouTube yeah. channel, huh? Yeah, yeah. interesting. Really, really good. They just um, he's he's only done like six episodes. Yeah, yeah. I really like
2: those film analysis channels. Well, popping up a lot. his are
1: specifically like as a screen budding screenwriter. Like he's studying screenplays, and he he did two
0: episodes on um, American, American Beauty, Beauty that are really good. Yeah, where he dissects why the film is so good and then goes, hey, this is what the original script was, which was a completely different movie, which they realized while editing did not need to be this movie.
1: Yeah, and it's a much better movie for leaving out. Like, it's one of those times, oh, they got it right. Yeah. They cut out the subplot that doesn't need to be there. The framing device. Yeah, the framing device that doesn't need to be there. Yeah, so, um,
0: but... It's just kind of, it's interesting after watching that going, okay, so instead of it being a going-into-business story, it's them just figuring their shit out. Because by the time that they meet that first ghost, they have, and nothing's tested, but they have all their technology. Yeah, and they have the PKE. Well- But the PKE meter was in the first
1: one, in the first scene.
0: Right, right. The PKE meter was the only thing. The thing they said right afterwards is, well, if these readings are right, then we think we can contain them indefinitely. And they had everything developed by the time they had to go to the hotel. And that's where they go, well, we never really tested this stuff. This is the last of the petty cash. Right, (laughs)
1: yeah. Um, And that's the other thing. I wouldn't have minded subtle nods. Right, but I felt like it was so slavish in trying to satisfy the Ghostbusters fans, while also trying to satisfy the Paul Feig fans, right? While trying to satisfy a bunch of other executives that have no interest in anything but a franchise, right? And a company that has not had a successful franchise yet.
0: Did and you notice? That they had an entire film company at the very whenever they were showing all the logos, that was completely dedicated just to making Ghostbusters movies. I didn't notice that. I guess it was like Ghost Core films or something like that. They literally it had the Ghostbusters logo and everything.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It was just like, you guys, you,
0: you guys got kind of big for your britches, didn't you? Because
2: well, the movies. Flopped pretty much yeah say.
0: yeah midnight's edge basically it's been kind of so, just killed
1: yeah and the Dude, hol- i think it was hollywood reporter, a hollywood reporter or variety <laughs> i think it was a variety and, and- you know
0: poor
2: leslie jones
1: oh god
2: a l- lot a lot of dung has been
1: flung at her at what the fuck okay <laughs> let let's just let's just i'm just gonna out myself right now if you're if you're a right wing alt-right meninist fuckface, just fuck off <laughs> Just fuck the fuck off. You have no idea, and you have no clue. You're never going to have a clue, so fuck off. I mean, it's just, it's such fucking bullshit. Like, the fact that, like, the fact that anybody went after her for any reason.
0: I mean, the one thing in the latest Midnight's Edge thing that, you know, it was, the one thing that I was thought was interesting was, you know, the guy who got banned permanently
1: oh mia milo yiannopoulos yeah
0: you know as they pointed out he didn't do any of the racist name calling or anything like that he you know he was but doing, all
1: these people who follow
0: him didn't right he gets banned but leslie jones has done racist stuff before she, and you know yes she is getting shit flung flung at her But it's, you know, just weird double standards with everything that's going on here. Twitter never
1: should have. Twitter should have either one posted new policy guidelines for what will happen to anybody who is flagrantly preaching hate. Right. That should have happened. They should have shut down a sequence of accounts, including David Duke, including Donald Trump anybody who's promoted hate speech automatically gets their shit turned off. Right. It doesn't matter if they're on the alt-right, if they're on the far left, if they're on... It doesn't matter. They've been preaching hate speech. They got their fucking account frozen and shut down. That night. It shouldn't have been targeted at one person. It should have been a group. They should have gone. They, they should have posted the fucking information, gone after all of them in a mass. Right. Shut down 50,000 accounts. Going, we will not allow Twitter to be used to promote hate speech
2: they get heavy traffic from th- that's why everybody's still on there
1: yeah pretty much oh yeah why do you think donald trump still has an account why do you think david duke is allowed to preach the things he does because it fucking generates ad revenue for them
0: i just don't understand the the most recent attack against leslie jones you know, the 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 website that's hacking just, that's yeah. just photo stuff. That's yeah. just the fucking you would think that would, community. Uh, but you would think it would have hit they would have gone for everybody.
2: I don't think it's the
1: right thing so much. No, it's the alt right movement. There is okay. literally this thing on Twitter. It's all of these pseudo millennial whatever you want to call them, hipstery guys who are predominantly white, who predominantly believe that feminism is destroying mag- masculinity.
2: Okay, okay. I thought you were just saying the right wing. I no, the, alt I right. alt the right. alt-right. The okay, alt-right,
1: okay. yeah. It's like...
2: Because if y'all don't know, I'm right wing, but I would never
1: hack Leslie Jones's... <laughs> but you're also... There's, <laughs> oh also a, gosh. there's also a difference between being conservative and being a racist shithead. Those are two completely different things. <sighs> uh, yeah. <laughs> The problem is, is right now is our country has empowered the loudest voices of the most extreme versions of movements that are catered to empowering people to feel like they've been oppressed when they haven't been oppressed ever. Unlike your people who have been continuously oppressed the entirety of fucking the last 500 years. If if someone who's native was complaining about being oppressed, that's fine. Someone who's black? Yeah, you were. Someone who's Hispanic? You were. Someone who's Asian? Yeah, you've been erased from the narrative. I understand. But these fucking white or pretend they're white or look white or whatever who pass for white this idea of whiteness, this concept of white genocide, whatever the fuck these idiots have fucking obsessed themselves with. I'm sorry this is just this has really touched a nerve with me. Um, I don't mean to, I don't normally get this political but Jesus fucking Christ. I have never no he's dead. I have n- <laughs> I, I, I will I will tolerate and accept people who have different opinions than me because I want because I do my best to listen. I do my best to accept the fact, like, the people who, like, who are very Christian that I work with, who think that it's a fallen world and Ted Cruz was their candidate and, you know, all this. I will talk to them. I'll have conversations with them. I'll talk about my liberal politics, blah, 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 blah whatever. We'll have, like, rational discussions. But the people who automatically me having a different opinion than them means I need to be killed and destroyed and shut down because I'm a libtard. Can fuck off! How dare you hate <laughs> Ghostbusters? Yeah. I don't hate Ghostbusters. You are. Um, I really wish all wished, the things that are terrible with people. I really ha- wanted this movie to be funny. I have liked Paul Feig movies. I have even watched most of McCarthy movies that I probably wouldn't have watched because she's in them. Kristen Wake she's a great actress. Leslie Jones has a possibility of being like a great comedic voice in cinema. So does Kate McKinnon. What I was this at movie just I'm, didn't work for me. When I
2: mentioned the Leslie Jones thing, kind of makes me think that they might not do any more at least she won't be involved. But if she comes back and does more of it, then good for her because yeah. she's really kind of sticking it to them. Well, but I just feel I feel really bad for her. You know, they all did this, maybe at the first start, not thinking it would be a big deal. But the internet gives people a voice, and then
1: the th- and the Sony hack happened. I mean that, that Sony w-
2: hack see I was trying to think about all the repercussions of the Sony hack but this is
1: a major repercussion of it. I mean we never would have known but a Midnight's lot of Edge the details. Stuff is really cool.
2: Go to Midnight's Edge on YouTube people right. and watch those videos. They're really <laughs>
0: neat. So I am, I don't want to make a big hairy deal out of this. I just I do find it interesting in the aftermath of this. Speaking of Midnight's Edge, I had a uh, female friend of mine who or had some friends of mine that posted reviews of Ghostbusters saying, go see this. You know, women are funny. Deal with it. Like, yeah. that that sort of thing. And it's like, that's... That was New York Times article. Yeah, you know, New line. York Times had that, and then I had other people, friends of mine, that fell into that, and all I said was, hey, I really, you know, I liked your review. I think you should go see this movie. I just wish you hadn't fallen into this trap, because
1: this is just generated bullshit. Yeah, the narrative of the movie, <laughs> the narrative around the movie, is so just like completely has nothing to do with the movie, right? It, has nothing to do with the this movie it, is not about this. And and and, it's, and the movie who are the people who are making it about this are executives, are 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 people who are trying to generate ad revenue. It was actually that
2: first trailer, wasn't? Kind of, you no, know, it was before that. Well, I mean, the, it the was
1: It was the first publicity photo, right, that showed them standing in front of the the new Ecto One and the new costumes with the proton packs on that you later saw in the trailer. From then from that moment, it was like, I don't want a female Ghostbusters. Well, and the, and the thing was is that on YouTube,
0: anything that just decried the film because it was didn't look like a good movie was deleted. Anything that That's said... That's ex- what know, I was going to get to. Yeah, was. and then it was just... But anything that was anti-female... That's where it got deleted. My thing is is that I said, hey, I kind of wish you hadn't fallen into this. And had a female friend of mine, or actually had the guy kind of go, well, I think that it actually is a thing. And I posted The Midnight's Edge. Had the female friend of mine go, oh, look, a man explaining um, misogyny. And luckily, by the time I got home, comic book girl 19 had already- posted her thing. So I said... Really, like, just completely try and shut down a valid argument because a man happened to say it. Okay, here's a female who said it.
2: Was that after the James Rolfe thing too? Angry video game nerds like back. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. It was well after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, well, okay. actually, what happened is that that guy said I wasn't gonna. I'm not gonna review the film. And he got a huge backlash, even though his was a reasoned out thing. Comic book Girl Nineteen said the exact same thing, had no And
1: thought. she actually defended him in her video yeah, like she did. this is complete bullshit.
2: And James is cool and like were like, totally hating on him. Right. And- comic
0: book Girl Nineteen literally said, This is not this is not about art, this is about money, this looks stupid, whatever. In her video after the movie came out, and her saying this is a lousy film, do not see it, it's not funny, it's not original, there's no reason to see this. She has a thing where she says, this is what I think happened, and goes on a completely hypothetical rant that is not researched. It is, But it is exactly what Midnight's Edge has said. And I posted that, and a few days later the female person said, I was going to watch this, but I decided to do anything but. And then had a long reason why she had no interest in watching a female say the exact same things. But for me, it just kind of
1: seems like there's someone who's also in the industry who's trying to make films.
0: Right. And her saying in that film, in that video, which is why I really wish that female friend of mine had watched it, was her saying, This is not a feminist issue. This is bullshit. This is to generate ad revenue. What is a feminist issue is me going into these meetings and people ignoring me because I'm a woman. And they don't think that I know the stuff when I know it better than any man that's in there. That's what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about these trailers and f- whether an all-female ghostbusters and these reboots
1: and these re-sequels and these midquels and it, these prequels and the, it doesn't
0: matter. Exactly. So, I, I don't brands
1: know. that are just forced out there, shoved out there to just make a buck. Did yeah. You see the uh, because everybody's clamoring for those billion-dollar box offices. And nobody. did you see the
2: Ben Hur red-letter media thing? Ben-Hur they're all freaking out because it was a reboot that did not make money
1: yeah, yeah. well but it was also but uh, it's, Red letter media Watch them yeah. uh, it's
2: one of my favorite YouTube channels my,
1: my, my question is speaking of movies that probably never should have been remade Gladiator's already been made guys Gladiator watching a Ben-Hur movie is about 20 years too late guys should have made it in the 90s back when uh, in uh, independent after Independence Day came out, all right, it's time to remake Ben Hur, but it probably sat in developmental hell because it was expensive. <laughs> it was expensive; they couldn't afford real actors, and you know what? They got small name actors, which good for them. Those guys got cast, but this movie bombing destroyed those people's careers. Right. It probably destroys that director's career too.
2: You know. I'd- never once and saw also, any promotional material for that movie. I saw
1: one trailer. I was completely uninterested because I've seen Ben-Hur. They, they had the fucking chariot race. It looked like the chariot race just shot like a fucking Fast and Furious movie in the trailer. I was like, <laughs> I'm good. I've still never seen a single one of the Fast and Furious movies. I heard a <laughs> promotional
2: pitch for it on Air One Radio which is a Christian radio station my wife likes to listen to I'm like why are they talking about Ben-Hur on this Christian station (laughs) I I, I guess the Christian film community they're promoting the movie because it has a lot of scenes with Jesus in it but anyway it bombed even the Christian (laughs) film community couldn't save it that (laughs) doesn't make (laughs) any sense interesting thing a lot of Christian movies that have come out have been making their money back
1: yeah they've been profitable but i don't even think christian people even want
2: to see a ben Hur remake but those are
1: also pure flicks movies that are made for like eight million or twelve million dollars they're
0: they're also the ones that specifically are built for church groups to go see yeah and that's how they they like
1: god's not dead or god's not dead Two. i saw god's
2: not dead and people came out for it been her, no one did. And that cost... What did the Bit Later guys say? Over hundred over It $100 million. Yeah. It
1: was well, $100 million. I'm sure, wow.
0: I'm sure Risen made its money back. You know, all that good I'm, stuff. I War Room.
1: That, that Risen's actually kind of a good movie. Yeah, yeah I'm actually... I've actually Risen's you, a good movie. If you... If you have, if, okay. If, if, I will probably never watch like, those movies, <laughs> but if you would get a chance, watch the Cinema Snob review of War Room. It is hilarious. <laughs> that guy still
2: makes... Things I didn't know. I thought. Yeah. he stopped. No, he's got his own anything.
1: YouTube channel, Stone Gremlin. Really? Yeah, okay, Stone Gremlin Productions. I'm a, I like he's not it, so. under. He is under the channel awesome logo on the website, but he's not on YouTube. Okay. He has his own. Because I remember watching. I like his League review, of Super uh, is pretty much gone at this point. I liked his review. Only of, uh, uh, this these movies need more gay are the ones that update <laughs> on there anyway. Right? Yeah, I, liked I just his watched review
2: that. Of Suspiria. That was a cool one. He did like Cannibal
0: Holocaust. <laughs> He's done so I think many. He did Caligula. I, He's I, done yeah. so many. I now watch uh Shay Lindsay. So Shay Lindsay. Shay Lindsay Shay. Uh, nostalgic
1: chick. Oh, oh, oh She still does Shay Lindsay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but it's not under Nostalgic Chick anymore. She's, or the League of Supercritics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's
0: she has her own channel now. I be, I went back and I've watched a lot of her stuff. The only thing I don't like about her is that I can tell that she's reading a screen or reading a prompter? Or something. <laughs> no. bad,
1: you know, and the bad the bad acting in the early ones. Well, I, it's I, it's I, yeah, it's fun. There's one I reason it, I don't but, like Nostalgia Critic that much anymore because I
2: hate his reviews now with all the skits, and I just don't like them. Actually,
1: I think the skits are the only thing I like in his really in his in his. In his See, I, yeah, watching oh I
0: watched a couple of his things, and I was like, oh, okay, and then it just was just hate. Was, and you know how I feel about that. Even depending on how what you, my you should mood is. really
1: watch the Fury Road one because it's really interesting. He comes at it from the perspective of someone who's like, "It's good, but it's not groundbreaking." And then slowly over the narrative of the video, he realizes, "See, like, that, there's a char- There's an arc." See, that's, that's <laughs> in the review. Of, I have to.
0: I I have the biggest crush crush on Lindsay for some fucking reason. I don't know why.
1: Um, I think because she's really, really, really smart. Yeah, um, <laughs> but anyway, Probably smarter than all three of us at this table. Yes. Um, so. but
0: watching some of the skits, I there's times where it's just you know she does the truth serum one um, with the dark nail saga where I love she, the dark nail <laughs> saga. She sudden, there's so many she, great. She, she just goes it. from. Uh, the X-Men series, it's, it's interesting because it it's really good time and then they do the true... Oh my God, I love it! It's <laughs> just like Nightcrawler. Night it's the whole reason that I learned the German language. I never meant to admit that, but ah! Like, yeah. I've, I have literally spent all day like probably... Diving. It didn't drive you crazy. dark? No. And, and, <laughs> it, it didn't drive me crazy, but there are a few of our things like loose cannon with um, Phantom of the Opera where for the... First, like, 30 seconds. I'll show it to you before you leave just because uh, it is right? it is less than a minute. But for the first 30 seconds, her voice is very in the lobby of this place, you know, whatever. It's just, like, you can tell she's reading from the teleprompter, and then her head shifts, and then she's good. Like, she suddenly remembers, oh, hey, I'm supposed to be moving. I'm supposed to be looking away so that it doesn't look like I'm reading from a teleprompter or, you know, reading from a script. Um, but... The, f- uh, the few I've watched, there's, are the early few I watched, were all ones where I could just tell, like she was reading from something. It's like, move, move your body. Does please. she still
2: review like movies aimed at girls primarily?
1: No, she mostly does. Those, those were kind of funny, but I she was She's like, mostly doing the Loose Canon series, which uh, right. is where she takes every interpretation of a character and kind of does an overall analysis. Mm.
2: Those ones with her, uh, I thought they were kind of condescending, but uh, the idea is kind of funny to me too. She's like reviewing nothing but girl movies. Well, <laughs> and well, it, that was, was the entire point yeah.
1: she was made. Well, or it, she got she won yeah, the contest. She won the contest to become
0: nostalgia chick because the nostalgia critic wouldn't do it, even though he now does um, every once in a while. Well,
1: in some of the movies, they crossed over of like, I already did this movie. You're doing it with me again. Ah, yeah. uh, you know, right? There's some and, of those episodes. Um, but no, she mostly does loose canon,
0: which is every iteration in pop culture of a character, like Hades, or um, she just did one which was really interesting about nine eleven,
1: and you know that was intense. And that was uh, it's almost like forty minutes. It's like a forty minute mini it, it's documentary. Too, it's two parts. Yeah, on. about about how nine eleven has been used in pop culture hmm. since nine um,
0: eleven. Well, and I just watched her Independence Day versus War of the Worlds. And just the look on her face whenever he's covered in ash, looking in the mirror, just going, "If you know anybody who was there, or yeah. were there, this will be a very familiar." Like fuck, like I can't believe they put that in the movie. Yeah. Well, and also his
1: realization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just his realization is the thing that really fucks with you when yeah, you watch. Yeah. The, when you think about the fact that, like, oh, oh he's, he's oh, covered in the ash of human flesh. I realize. I remember that. Yeah, and like he freaked out and tries to get it off of him. You know when he re- well, when he realizes right, what he has right, covered
2: him. Right. Don't know if I want to get off subject that much, but did
1: you see those pics of that little subject? <laughs> We're supposed to be on a subject. <laughs> <laughs> Skyler, I don't know what you're talking about. This is stream of consciousness podcasting Um here.
2: <laughs> Have y'all seen the footage of that little Syrian
1: boy? Yeah, the the picture of the boy in the st-
2: I, I watched that. It's like not even a minute, but they film him sitting in the ambulance because he was just staring off and he's staring and then he rubs his head and sees blood on his hand and then he tries to rub it on the seat i was like getting into an artsy kind of mode at the moment thinking like you ever notice where there's like beauty and like horror at the same time like it's like the famous vietnam picture where the girl is like
1: covered in napalm i use
2: that as a reference actually that picture in poetry class I was trying to find beauty and chaos kind of thing. I was trying to do that, but they didn't get it. But I was like, that's amazing, but horribly tragic. And I was like, you can't make that up. (laughs) No. There's no way you can do that.
1: Well, and also in a lot of fictional stuff, it wouldn't work. It would come across as exploitive. But in nonfiction, it comes across as like, oh, that's real. That's a real moment. This is a real thing that was happening. You know
2: You know um, To kind of Pull back a bit On Ghostbusters What what, Do y'all like Max Landis Y'all think he's alright Yeah I like Max Landis Have you read his Synopsis for a Ghostbusters 3
1: I have not read his It is awesome
2: I recommend you check it out Off his website It's kind of long But it's a It's a good You could You guys are bookworms You can get through it quick It's a really good (laughs) It's a good read It's It's like man why I want this movie right now it's like a great which f- is
1: the other thing that's it's a great, great third Ghostbusters all movie. the people who bitch about Max Landis read a fucking Max Landis screenplay and realize he's really good at making you hyped he's really good at you being like I gotta see this
2: and I wanna see this Well, Max and, and, and I
1: finally watched American Ultra recently and I I'm pissed at myself that I didn't go see it in the theater. I like Cause it. Because I saw the trailer and I was like, it's stoner Jason Bourne? Then you watch the movie you're like, it's stoner Jason Bourne! This is amazing! <laughs> <laughs> like, right? And it's way more clever than you ever thought it was going to be. Walton Goggins is incredible in that. Oh, my God. The but... the guy from Hayfleet who, oh. who played the racist sheriff. <laughs> uh <laughs> And yeah. he's also on Justified, or was yeah, on Justified. Yeah. Yeah, He's I the one who's with him at the very end, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: American Ultra, was, I actually genuinely enjoy My My only problem with American Ultra is the framing device. And I have the, that same problem with so many movies with that framing device.
1: So, have you watched the recent Cinefix movies about structure? No. So, Cinefix addressed the com- oh, I, yeah, 10 watched. best yes, I did watch film that. structures. Yeah, I did watch that. I did not have a problem with the framing device because they're embeds.
0: But it's literally, by the time you get back to it, and they show you flashes of pretty much every scene in the movie, but
1: by the time you get back to it, it is literally the last scene before okay. he's, re- you know... Totally fine with that. The temporal yeah. structure of the movie does not... Does because the thing is is how do we get to this point? Yeah, it, but they how show you flashes it? of how you
0: get to that point. But even they don't. Too.
1: But they don't show you direct flashes. They show you aftermath flashes. See, I've see this movie, but that that was that also, there's a the very direction. key person who is not revealed to be who's not in that scene because the tension is really about Kristen Stewart's character. Right, right, right. What happens to her? Right. It's not him. He's the super soldier. Right. He's
0: gonna survive. But that's the same that's my same problem with Mission Impossible three. Oh, because it's, you know going up you, to a certain point. That he you know, you you know that Ethan Hunt is going to survive the whole thing because he's fucking Ethan Hunt.
1: But man, does it get you get you hyped to does, watch the rest of that movie? But
0: with that movie specifically, I know that no matter how crazy his shit he yeah. is going to survive without any major injury. He's going to get to this point. And then at that point is when I go, okay, now I can actually have some tension about what's going to happen in this movie. Well, that's my biggest issue with Well, it. and
1: I think that's the issue with franchises in general, is if you watch Mission Impossible 3 and you know there's a Mission Impossible 5. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, they tried, to, they, tried with, they tried with Mission Impossible 4 to move it over to Jeremy Renner. Yeah, uh,
1: which it didn't, didn't work. Didn't work at all because
0: he then also did Born Legacy, the and that fell through. Yeah. And now we have Jason Bourne, which, from everything I've heard, is kind of a shit show. It's kind
1: of—I've heard that it's basically just a redux of everything they did before. This makes me
2: think about why I like it when they cast not like not famous actors to play roles where you actually end up caring about them because you know it's not a Tom Cruise who's playing this so you don't know if this guy's gonna live or not Yeah, it's cool. like watching the original Dawn of the Dead and I was shocked that Peter the the white guy <laughs> becomes a zombie, and then Flyboy becomes... Am I spoiling that for you? Who hasn't no, seen Dawn of the I'm Dead? I'm pretty sure anybody that's listening
1: to this podcast has probably listened to Daryl spoil the fuck out of this movie. I, I haven't seen
0: Day of the Dead, <laughs> but I've seen Dawn. Dawn both is of them. my favorite zombie movie of all time, the
3: original from 78. Yeah.
2: I,
1: I rem- uh, I've i told the story before, but I remember the first time I saw it was going over to your house after... There was a blackout at Westmore. And then we went over to your house and we watched all of Dawn of the Dead before we went back.
2: We did. Yeah. We just kind of snuck off and came back. Snuck off for several.
1: No one cared. Well, welcome to pre 9 11. Yep. Actually, I guess, no, that was the year 9 11 happened.
0: I've been meaning, honestly, I've been meaning to try to go up to um, Westmore because Vogel apparently is still there. Wow! I, I, I yeah, uh, one me of, and Vogel uh, didn't get along. So we we got along okay. And I like when I finished my first book, I went up and s- saw him, and he was like, "Oh, I'd love to read it." And I never gave it to him. Well, now I obviously have a few a, copies. A few,
1: a <laughs> few. There's about forty <laughs> copies on the shelf right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I uh,
0: when I took out my last loan to try and pay bills, I went. I need to buy a couple, you know, at least a, a couple hundred dollars worth, so that when I go to conventions, I can sell so. them. Yeah, because to to yeah, I don't make enough money. Words. Why? Was
2: that our creative writing teacher? Yes. Yes. Um, so he's still
0: there. Yeah, I had. Um, he's a lot older, I guarantee. Yeah, James went to Westmore, mm-hmm. um, and i asked him like, "Hey, when you were still there, was Vogel still there?" And he goes, "Yeah, I think yeah, he was there." So I've been meaning to go up, but also I know that I would have to. I can't just walk into the building. I have to. You go have to go to, go to the office, office say, sign
1: in, get a pass, go to his office. He or, was, like, in his mid-20s, wasn't he? What he was, was in his late 20s late when 20s? I had him. So. Yeah, yeah okay. which
0: would have been right about that time, too. Because
1: yeah. so. he took over after Mr. Randolph left, which was kind of really frustrating because Mr. Randolph was a really good, like a really good teacher with a very different style than Vogel. And so all of us, the next semester, we come in and we're with Vogel, and he did not know what to do with us, and he did not like a lot of our writing styles probably because he hadn't had six months or four months to get used to it he's got this whole new paradigm and we're trying to figure it out and none of us are and some of us are like this is not what we want to do i'm not trying to write period fiction right now so why are we doing this exercise you know no i'm sure that with what my writing style has
0: evolved into he'll be okay cool yeah (laughs) yeah
1: And the trash, uh, but, you dang. know, whatever. Um, yeah. So I, I just th- need to find Miss Adams and give her one. Yeah, <laughs> she'll probably actually read it. Yeah, give her one. A book. Oh,
2: I'll give her a book. <laughs> okay, Was that some so sort of. We're we're
0: gonna we're gonna take that sidestep. <laughs> so, so Nathan, uh, Nathan, where can people find you on the interwebs? Um, the same
1: places they can find me. Most of the other places. Hey, Scout, Scout, Scout go we're recording hi I know alright <laughs> so they can find me on twitter at NateWad <laughs> on tumblr at NateWad Neutron and on the facebook with the dubious consumers most of the posts that I have posted have been at NateWad so I try and tag them so that you know who is actually posting them so so uh, Skylar have you actually joined the interwebs yet? I'm still
2: on Instagram at Eat Dogs. One word, lowercase. Um, it's a private profile, but I can you send people messages on Instagram? Uh, yeah, you can. If you if you send me a message and say I'm part of or I like your podcast or something like that, then sure, I might add you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll review your content. I honestly, I used to be on No Point MySpace. I had a MySpace account. I was stalked by somebody on there. Who I think was an undercover cop, I don't know. But good times. It got weird, and I haven't been on any other social media at all. I, I like YouTube. I, <laughs> I'm on YouTube. I put videos on YouTube of my wife singing, in powells powell dancing. There you go.
0: All, all right, right. Justin. What about you? The uh, you can find me at justindehurd.com, justindehurd.net, at justindehurd on Twitter, real justin Heard on Facebook. Justin D. Hurd, author on Amazon. Basically, I could keep going on and on. Just Google me on. Um, Use just Google, Google Justin D. Hurd or Justin Hurd. You're going to find the Does mature. it work on
1: Bing? Have you found out?
0: I have not checked Bing.
1: You should probably check Yahoo as well. Yeah. Ask Jeeves. <laughs> AltaVista.
0: Is that a, th- <laughs> still a thing? Don't Lycos. Don't Go know. get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. You tour. Are you on tour? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Nathan, do you
1: have a final thought for us? okay if we're going to remake all these movies let's at least let's at least make good ones
0: Say with the Killing Joke, I'm not sure if it's worth watching. Like I've I've heard a, heard a lot about second. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, with the first 30 minutes being a complete well, I, apparently from one of the comic um, things I read or one of the comic channels, it's actually loosely based on a um, special that they had for Batgirl before it came out. Since it took so many years for the Killing Joke to be written. They Uh knew it was going to happen, so they did do a kind of side special for her to set up what happens in the Killing Joke.
1: And I know Brian Azarello was one of the screenwriters, so uh, I know that some of the decisions were probably his. Yeah, and he likes going dark, really dark. It just it
0: it just has the same problem that the actual book has, which is the ending.
1: Oh, there's no resolution to the ending. It. it, yeah, it's literally,
0: yeah, he, he's, he's, well, it's not even that much, he just, they just start laughing, and then you see Batman kind of approach him, and it just pans down to the, um, it pans down to the rain, and fades to black. And then, about halfway through the credits, you get a little scene of her as Oracle going into, or her getting off the phone with her dad, going through the door and closing, and then going, you know, let's get to work, sort of thing. So, there's that nice little addition there, but it literally is as anticlimactic as the original of the book is
1: I don't know I think the 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 black screen has been used very effectively, but in the comic. The laugh continues over those four panels and then stops. And, and it stops for the last two panels. Yeah. And But
0: you still see the rain, and then it goes black. Right. And in this one, you hear the laughing. I believe the Joker, both of them stop laughing at the same time, which is actually what happens in the panel. And then you see the rain, and then it goes to black. And it's just like, I, you know, obviously you're going to keep it as open as the original is. Whether or not you know Grant Morrison's whole theory on it is accurate, well, and Brian
1: Boland's talked about it too. That that's what he thought happened, and he did um, all the covers and yeah. Well, there's the a, art, he, so. I never read it. So. The the Batman kills the Joker. the
0: the I, The idea of the whole thing is that it's the whole one bad day. It's one of the, um, it's one of the many versions of how the Joker came to be the Joker. And even the Joker in the book says, you know,
1: sometimes I remember one way, sometimes I remember it another. Hmm. Um, Which is where a lot of the permutations, even in the Nolan version, you get the... You want to know how I got these scars? Oh, yeah. All this
2: different, he, yeah. he does it like three times. I remember.
0: Yeah. He does it twice, and then he starts to do it a third time, and the Batman punches him in the face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> Boom! Yeah. So, um, but in it, at the very end, there's multiple theories of what happens, but essentially, they fight, Batman offers the Joker one last time, saying, hey, you know, basically, either at the end of the road, we're going to end up killing each other. So, like, let me help you.
1: Well, you know the whole point. The whole point of the story is to it drive Commissioner Gordon crazy.
0: Right. So so the Joker shoots um, Barbara Gordon, not knowing that she's Batgirl, um, but paralyzing her, which is how she becomes Oracle, and then takes lascivious pictures of her and then tries to drive
1: Gordon insane. Kind of like the pictures in Batman v Superman, like... It's very obvious a reference to the Killing Joke. The way that Lex Luthor has those photos of Martha, but they're all tied up and stuff. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: So kind of BDSM. So so at the very end of it, there's definitely some stuff that happens. But the two of them get into a fist fight. They you know Batman punches the shit out of him, knocks him down, and then um, offers to help him. And the Joker gets up and says, "There's no way. Like we're too far along. Hey, this reminds me of a joke." And proceeds to tell him a joke about how, you know, these two inmates are stuck in the asylum, and they get out onto the rooftop, jump across, and one of them jumps across the rooftops all the way out to civilization. The other one's too afraid. So the first one says, hey, I've got an idea. I've got a flashlight here. I'll, you know, put the beam across the gap, and you can walk across it. And the second inmate says, what, do you think I'm crazy? You'll just turn it h- halfway off or whenever I'm halfway across, and the Joker starts laughing, and then Batman starts laughing, and then it shows Batman reaching across almost like grabbing his shoulders or going for his neck or something, and both of them are laughing, and it pans down, and then you see one more laugh panel of laughter, and then it cuts off for both mm-hmm. of them and then you just see the raindrops rain black. <coughs>
1: Basically, in order to protect, it's the the re- Batman finally crossing the line. That's the killing joke. It's Alan Moore's interpretation of what would cause Batman to kill.
0: There, There's also another interpretation where you see the Joker has the needle that delivers venom, the venom to him, and at one point there's a panel where Batman looks at his hand after he's fallen, so he could have been poked with the needle or almost have been poked with the needle so he may have been hit with venom and knowing that he's going to die and both of them taking
1: each other out well and that's where like the destined to do this forever stuff like from from the dark knight has it but also so does the killing joke the dark knight returns he breaks his neck no, the uh, no, Joker no, no. breaks his own neck. No, no, the Joker is peril is near is 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 about dead, and, but Batman won't finish him off. Right, and the Joker just finishes himself off. Oh, okay. Right, right. but then uh, in but then in the very next chapter, like after the murder, the police are going to come through, and he sets a charge and explodes the fucking Joker's body.
0: Well, also so that they also don't think that he killed them. Yeah. So, it's it just really did feel anticlimactic. All the
2: stuff in DC Universe putting it all into their movies.
0: <laughs> well, um, with the Killing Joke, the big thing is is that Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill are back once again for their final time ever. Except for the next time that it's their final time ever, and then the it's next, the time it's the reunion tour. Yeah, but I mean,
1: you got to remember: for so many people, those voices are those characters. Oh yeah, so and I didn't.
0: You know, honestly, I just watched a thing where it was all the different versions of the Joker, and it highlighting who the voice actor was for each one of them. I mean, fucking Brent Spiner was um, yeah, the Joker for uh, Under just, the Red Hood. Yeah, I was like, yeah. So it, it's just like. Ho- holy shit! Like that, I didn't realize how many people were doing this it. Is supposed
2: to be the same universe as the animated series, right? No, 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 no. no But just the same voice. Actors. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's just the the iconic voice actors. Yeah, yeah.
2: you know, I, I think back on the Batman TV show, the cartoon. There's one episode that always stood out to me, and it's Batman fighting the Joker. But the whole episode is kind of silent. There's hardly any talking in it. I think the Joker has like that big robot clown. Like,
1: oh, okay. I think yeah. that
2: episode was actually nominated for an Emmy. Maybe it was that one, but that one always stood out because it was kind of quiet, and Batman's going after him. There's not a lot of talking in it. Probably Joker's laughing. I mean, dang, there's some really good episodes on that Oh, show.
1: man, there's like, so many good episodes. I remember the one where
2: episodes. Robin and him were fighting a Scarecrow, and Robin gets dusted or whatever by the scarecrow and he starts freaking out and he's having a hard time on that episode. And that
1: that was always one of the things that frustrated me the most is that the movie version of the scarecrow is never as scary. As the actual Scarecrow is, in the in, the, in, in the a kid-friendly cr- TV series, it was series. freaking scary. I See,
0: I, I like him in the um, games because they just go like complete nightmare fuel, like giant, like Freddy Krueger version yeah. of him. But I think that that's the thing
1: is like movies don't because movies have to be focus grouped and tested and market tested and market, you know, blah blah blah. What
2: well, we saw it with? suicide squad i kind of feel like that was
1: have we actually started this episode we haven't we I, but, should probably but i've been but i've been recording so okay. we we have all this okay. so all
0: right. uh, let all me right. stop it real quick